Welcome to Mind Over Miles, a show about the mental lessons learned and practiced on the run. In season one, I'm taking you behind the scenes of the book I'm writing about the mental side of running and motherhood. I'm sharing the interviews I've done for the book with professional, elite, and regular runners who are also mothers. Thank you to all my interviewees, and thanks to you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. You know running is a mental sport, but how do you actually train your mind for running? Enter the Runner's Mastermind. This is a small group coaching program that I started where I work with groups of up to 12 people at a time, and each week we build and practice new mental skills to support us in running and life. When I say mental skills, I'm talking about things like your confidence as a runner, your relationship with data, comparison to others, your motivation. We work on all these things while also finding the humor and fun in running because being a serious runner doesn't mean you need to be so serious. And seriously, I'm really excited about this new program, and it's called The Runner's Mastermind. I'd love it if you'd go check it out at mindovermilespod.com. Today, I'm sharing my conversation with Claire Maxted. She's the woman behind Wild Ginger Running, a UK-based running organization that helps trail and ultra runners get advice and inspiration via weekly films and podcasts. She's also the author of The Ultimate Trail Running Handbook and the host of an annual training camp in the Peak District of England. Drop me into your day. What does your day look like today? Uh, He's at nursery today. So uh, it's also a daddy day. So I get to do my work (laughs) today. Um, So I've just been doing um, scripting a film for Silver Head Torches. So I don't know if you have them in the US. Um, They're a a really um, high quality brand of head torches from Sweden. So I'm doing a a film for them about one of their new head torches. Um, So that's what I've just been scripting today. And it's just nice to kind of get into the flow of it with four hours of Finney at nursery. So yeah. um, I really look forward to my Thursdays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to find, I wrote a load of answers to myself. So I'm just trying to find. Um, oh, awesome. Uh, what, Thanks for. What I wrote just to jog my memory. Because as soon as you sent it, I had like a load of ideas. And now I'm like, all I can think of is the silver head torches. So I'm just trying to <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Take Take a minute to find that. Uh, Yeah, take your time. Thanks for thinking about some things. Yeah, I emailed it to myself because I was like, oh, yeah, I've got loads to say. Um, Awesome. Yeah, thank you for inviting me on this because it's, um, it's, yeah, I really, it's a really good topic to talk about. Yeah, well, I can, kind of the, the first most overarching question I like to start with is, how do you think becoming a mom changed who you are as a runner? Oh, I was thinking about this a lot. Um, It's made me go running a lot less just because I don't have time. And then if I do have time, I feel really knackered. Um, Sometimes it's my brain that's tired. Sometimes it's my whole body that's tired. Um, I'm breastfeeding as well. So I had to get a different bra. Um, So yeah, being a mum has definitely not made me a better runner. Um, It's definitely made me a worse runner but it's 
made me much more grateful runner. Whenever I get out now, I feel so much more joy just from a simple half hour run or just from my usual local trails because I don't get to do it as often. It just makes me way more grateful. Like for example, last week I was in the Peak District doing some filming for a lightweight waterproof test that I had um, a colleague doing whilst I was on maternity. And I was just so thrilled to just be in the Peak District. And then we finished our work an hour and a half early. So we went for an hour and a half run. We did five miles and I filmed it and we had a gorgeous sunset and it was just beautiful. We, we did the Burbage skyline and it was just so nice. I really appreciated just that one hour and a half of being out. Whereas before that might not have been enough for me. I I might not have appreciated that. So I think that's something that I've I've really enjoyed about being a mum and and running. Um, but it's definitely not made me better in terms of being faster. Apart from one time I was at a night race and I thought that I could get back in time to feed him before he went to bed. So I bombed it and I did a really fast 10K time. I haven't trained for 10K for ages. So I did like 57 minutes plus stopping to do some filming on the way around. So I was really pleased with that. And I thought, oh yeah, I'm back by like I'll be back by 20 past seven I can just about feed him before he goes to bed and I rang Steve at seven saying I'm coming back now and he was like oh he went to sleep half an hour ago (laughs) so he doesn't need my boobs (laughs) so it was it was good and and bad but I did run fast because I had to get back for him so there is a lot of that and I also I always take him to nursery on a Tuesday wearing my running stuff so I test a lot of different things so I always put on some new testing thing um and I run with him in the jogging buggy mainly because I'm always late and I drop him at nursery and then I drop the buggy at nursery and then I go for a run myself and I film myself wearing the new stuff so so that's nice as well because it's a more structure to the day which is good yeah yeah I think that's been a really common um theme I've seen of people is um just the appreciation like no matter what your pace is um and, and you're in the super early days being, you know, just a year, um, into it. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, it's like, oh, they, they do find they're, they're faster later. Um, um, and that's, but, but even if they are, that's not like the point, like for them, they just appreciate it more. Yeah. Which has been really, yeah. really nice to hear. Yeah, well, I did feel strong. Like I surprised myself on that night run going fast on the 5k because I I felt strong. I didn't know whether that's just because I have done a lot of running for like, you know, 10 years and a break isn't that bad. Um, And I've been doing a lot of walking. I don't know if that was why, but I felt strong. I felt determined. and I felt like happy to be out. So, so yeah, I, I, I would say I'm a better runner, but not a faster runner because better doesn't have to mean faster, does it? Yes. Yes. I really agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so for you, if like, tell me more about what you mean when you say better. Um, well nowadays I think better to me means more adventurous, um, more, Uh, appreciative of where I am and what I'm doing and who I'm with um that that is a better runner to me um maybe treading a bit more lightly like um both in terms of not injuring yourself so kind of running with good form but also um in terms of just stopping to pick up some litter on the way around and things like that like that's what's important to me now I did go through you know the phase everyone goes through when they're younger like oh get as no eat as little as possible and run as fast as possible and I got some good times and all that and it's nice to be able to look back on you know like some good half marathon times 10k 5k times 
but it doesn't really matter does it like who really cares it's like your a-level results no one really cares do they like yeah. once you get into the real world and you start doing real things no one <laughs> gives them monkeys <laughs> so so yeah I I like being outside and seeing beautiful things with beautiful people and that is what running is to me yeah I was approaching that even before being a mum but even so even more so now like as a mum <laughs> yeah and when you say adventurous what does that look like for you oh uh, exploring a new place definitely I love to explore new places I'm super psyched if I can find a new trail like near where I live the map on the wall behind me is my local area so sometimes I will just photograph a bit and I'll go and explore that bit um I'm I'm so excited nowadays if I find a new alleyway in Stamford the town where I live and I'm like oh a new alleyway I can go a new way home um yeah variation uh and new things is the spice of life for me so so like I really want to run a new route in the Lake District um Joss Naylor has just published a book called The Lakes Mears and Waters it's 105 miles through the Lake District taking in every single lake Mm -hmm. Um, and that looks really fun so I thought rather than I usually do a week week-long trip every year like six days of running like anything from a half marathon to 20 miles a day um but this year I'll probably just do that in two long weekends so that might be a nice thing for me to do um uh forgot where I was going with that one what was it adventure yes adventure yeah doing doing something over a few days that's exploring new place um and getting other people to run with me and appreciate that with me um and then have cake and beer and <laughs> at yep. the end yeah <laughs> and so so okay so every year you you usually go on a like a one week trip that's a, some kind of running adventure have you done that this year or do you have one coming up no I haven't done it in 2021 um COVID put paid to 2020 so the last one I did was 2019 when I ran around the Isle of Man which is a small island just in between Ireland and the UK mainland um cool. so it's about 100 miles it's a path called the Radnafollen which means way of the gull which is really appropriate because a lot of the paths are on the high cliff tops and you're kind of like at the same level as the gulls which is really cool wow. so I ran around that over six days um in 2019 2018 I tried and failed to do the Cape Wrath Ultra um 2017 I I don't know if I did anything but before that I I did the coastal challenge but I dropped out of one day of that um so yeah I was doing all these races and they're like super long distances super long days blah 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 and I was failing and I was quitting and I was getting really bad blisters and I wasn't enjoying it. So I decided to make up my own challenge, which was to do my own distance, which is good for my body and my pace and what I want to do with my life. So that's half marathon to 20 miles every day, sometimes a marathon, but you know, like just in that ballpark and six days um, with local people who live there. And I just made up that that's the thing that I'm going to do every year. But then COVID happened, baby happened. And now in 2022 I'm hoping to do the Just Naylor um lakes mirrors and waters in the lake district um but yeah I haven't told my husband yet <laughs> yeah oh I love I love that that you've um yeah like gone outside of races and thought I'm gonna make my own events um so for example when you did the island of Ma- island of man you said it's called yeah isle of man isle of man did you have people with you or like what did it look like logistically 
Oh, it was amazing because I just, because uh, I'm a journalist, um, I just kind of went, hey, I'm going to come and film this for six days around your beautiful island. Hey, people on Facebook, who wants to put me up in your houses? And bless them, the Isle of Man came out in force and the Manx Mountain Runners group, they were all like, oh, this crazy girl's coming over. I think she came over like in 2012 and did a race here. Do you remember her? And they were like, yeah, we remember her. She's got red hair. And um, so they all put me up like um I found someone to stay with like on each leg of my journey I just planned it I just made it up and I went from like you know major town to major town with a good distance in between and then um I just said who wants to come around with me so every day one or two or maybe sometimes I think the most was like seven people running with me at the end like they just popped out and ran with me a bit or a little bit or the whole thing and I made some good friends there um that I hope to go back and see when we can travel again um and yeah I hope to go and do the Manx Mountain Marathon again because that's a really good event in April every year um so yeah it's it's nice and oh they were really good actually they dropped my bag as well <laughs> like wow. the person who I'd been staying with the night before drove which is really kind of them to the next person's house and dropped my bag for me so I didn't have to carry my laptop around with me and then every evening they would cook me dinner while I was frantically editing a film I wouldn't do that again I would save all the film and send it to my and now I've got a film editor um I'd send it to him to do but I was doing I was doing a film a day and putting it out on YouTube wow. every night which was really I don't I don't know why I decided to do that <laughs> it was a bit too loud um but I did it and it was it was really fun and I'd like to do it again yeah oh that's not, so that, cool. not that route I've done that now but I'd like to do that kind of format again the six day but while Finley he's only 10 months just now so this summer he'll be like a year and a half old so I could leave him for a weekend like a long weekend with his dad and grandparents and things like that but I wouldn't want to leave him for six days and I don't know if Steve would really just want to follow me about in the Lake District going oh here's Finley every five you know every half day or so so I'll talk with Steve about how it should look but either I'll do it over six days or I'm happy to do two long weekends at this point in my life because as a mum um Finley always he he doesn't he comes first but not like I'm not kind of gonna not gonna halt my life just because I've got a baby um I appreciate that he has needs but also I do as well so if we can come to some kind of compromise where we think he he'll be okay then I'm I'm happy to to do what I can to make it happen yeah yeah tell me more about that I think a lot of people struggle with recognizing I have needs too as as a mother um and so yeah I'd love to hear if you have any more other examples of yeah how you balance being like yeah he like he kind of comes first in like keeping him alive but like you know also I come first sometimes and I think that's a really powerful thing to to say as a mother yeah I'm I'm lucky because I'm quite a selfish person I don't suffer much from too much guilt too much mum guilt I think um I, I I obviously do care about him and I obviously I don't I I don't put him in nursery every single day he's only in nursery two afternoons a week I look after him for three days Steve looks after him for two days and then um we sort of both do the weekend Steve's supposed to do Saturday um but because I'm breastfeeding it's still kind of like I'm kind of heavily involved still um so it's not really half half but not because of Steve just because of you know the way we're biologically made yeah um so I'm quite lucky in that if I if I want to go wild swimming, I will just go 
and I'll be like, oh, Steve, you look, I like, I can leave him with Steve for like two or three hours, especially now. So I can go and do my stuff. Um, the main thing that holds me back is actually just feeling really tired and just like bodily fatigued, mentally fatigued and not wanting to go. Um, so that's what holds me back. <laughs> um, but yeah, the other day, it was Thursday last week and I went to the Peak District, as I said, to film this thing um, with a, a colleague and I loved it. I didn't miss him at all. I just had a great day he's with his dad he's fine like he didn't get any boob like he had boob in the morning boob at night he missed his middle of the day feed but he's not gonna die he's eating well and he's 10 months old a lot of 10 months old babies don't even get any boob so he's fine for just one day um so I'm I'm quite good with that um I think it's just because he's not always sleeping through the night still like if he has a cold that makes me really tired so yeah I think the main thing is like today I like spending time with him so like Steve was playing with him downstairs and I went down to make a cup of tea and I was just longer than I would have otherwise been because I was just like oh hey Bindi and like having a little play and like going, oh he's so cute look at him he's standing up he's he's trying to walk oh so um yeah I think it, it's distracting in that way more than more than feeling guilty I think feeling guilty it's like to to try not to feel guilty about such things is 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 an act of feminism in itself I, I think that um I think you should try to stop yourself if you start feeling those things just be like well hang on a minute like do I actually have to feel that that's not really helpful is it so I feel like it's a it's a feminist act to to claim some time for yourself yeah. when you've got a baby <laughs> yeah yeah thank you um okay so let's see yeah so the now um kind of the the flip side of that first question, how do you feel like running makes you the mother that you are? And this can be kind of like, sometimes it's logistically people talk about, you know, oh, I like, I take my baby to the trails, but then also the, the less physical stuff, like the things about your personality that are part of you as a runner that come into your parenting. Um, uh, yeah, it, I think as a runner, you, like if I've been for a run, I'd be a, I'm a better mother because I'll be in a good mood. I feel good about myself. Um, I have more patience to, to kind of deal with the, the trials and tribulations that come your way, um, especially with lack of sleep. I feel like I'm more fun after I've been for a run. Um, I'm more energetic. Um, yeah, I think, I think running is mandatory for me personally as a runner. It's just mandatory for me. Um, yeah, I, uh, that doesn't really, it's not really a, because I'm a mum that those, those things aren't kind of just because of being a mum. That's better for all my relationships with life. And being a mum mm-hmm. is just another relationship, isn't it? With with some new thing, yeah, you manage to push it out of you. But like, it's just another relationship, isn't it? So for anybody, I'm going to be in a better mood and more fun and more energetic if I've been for a run. Um, so yeah, in all relationships, running helps. Um, uh, I would say that one thing that I've taken from running into, um, being a parent is the training aspect of running. So like, I wouldn't expect Finley to all of a sudden be able to sleep through the night with no training so Mm. I've done some gentle sleep training with him and you know we've tried to have like different things you know like the five minutes leaving him putting him back da 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 I wouldn't all of a sudden just leave him overnight because 
he doesn't know how to do that. So I suppose that's a sort of element of running that's sort of taken, like training him like I would training um, myself. I'm also actually potty training him um, already. Uh, I started when he was eight weeks old. Um, we just used a little, it looks like a top hat, but upside down. And we put him on the potty and we've been doing that since like eight weeks old. That's when I found out about it because I was researching cloth nappies because I wanted to be better, more environmentally friendly. Um, And I found out about it because it's how they do it in the third world where they don't have disposable nappies. So it's like the original way to bring up children. And um, it's, it's been like, there's been some peaks and troughs and I have been a bit like, ah the potty you know like got a bit obsessed with it at times <laughs> and looking back I didn't need to be that worried but now he's 10 months old he is doing 90% of his poops on the potty and when we hold him over the little potty and we go so a bit of a gross noise we go uh, 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 or we go poop I go poo 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 because hope hopefully when he's kind of starting to talk he will say poo 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 and we say pss, 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 or ppp mm-hmm. um and he does a wee in the potty if he needs to go he goes on the potty um we also use nappies we're do- not too fussed about the peas because some people can pick up the cues and signals for their children but they need to pee like every half an hour to 45 minutes so i can't be now he's 10 months old he doesn't want to be undressed like every five seconds yeah. on the potty. so i'm not doing that um but yeah, that aspect of training, I think, you know, um, that comes from running. And it also comes from, like for me, the running, running is also tied in a lot with the environment. So I run because I love to see the natural world and I love the wildlife in the natural world. And I, I run, um, yeah, and I'm kind of trying to be as much as I can more ecologically minded. So the pottying thing and using less nappies definitely resonates with me like I definitely that's something that I'm really really quite quite proud of doing because all my friends thought I was mad especially right at the beginning when all they could do was just keep it alive and then me trying to do this extra thing on top yeah (laughs) and so yeah I suppose that sort of ties into running and my version of running because I'm a trail runner I like the mountains and yeah I want to be eco-friendly Yes. Then I want, I want to talk about mental strategies that you feel like apply crossover between running and motherhood. Um, and one thing I wanted to start by asking you about is I've, I heard on your, your podcast, you talking about deciding to take a break from your YouTube channel. Um, and I wanted to hear more about, uh, like how that came to be, uh, what was kind of the, like the trickle and then the breaking point and then how you came to that decision, because that feels like a very powerful learning moment. Yeah. Oh, it was really emotional. I was so upset. <laughs> Looking back, I shouldn't have been, but I was, I was just trying to, cause I, um, I earn the bulk of my money from patron. I don't know if people know what that is, but it's, um, yeah. it's like a subscription thing where people pay you a certain amount of months and you deliver like films and, and certain perks. And like, I do a competition every month. So I really felt like I was I needed to keep the channel going with what I had previously delivered, which was two films a week and a competition every month, which when I tried to hand that over for my maternity leave, I realized how much work that actually was. Um, There was a great, a great deal of time went into that. And um, when, when I, I I decided I would take definitely three months off because not having had a child before, I had no idea that like it's, 
I knew it was going to take over my life, but I just didn't know how and how much, you know, like lack of, it's mainly the lack of sleep, to be honest. Um, and um, oh, so I gave, I worked really hard while I was pregnant to schedule all these films on YouTube so that I didn't have to do anything for the first three months. And I got two people to cover my live broadcasts for me for the first three months. So that was all done. Um, the person who was going to cover my competitions, he very sadly passed away just before I gave birth, oh my God. Um, which was so sad. Yeah. So, so then I, I didn't do the January because Finley was born and he was like two weeks old and I was like I hope everyone doesn't mind but I'm not going to draw the competition because John's died and I feel really sad and I don't know I've got two a cold baby and I haven't had any sleep and um, so I did it in February so I've always draw- done the competition like every month I've done that throughout like even when I said I was going to take a break that's the one thing that I did because I think that can connect me with my patrons more than anything and I just didn't want to I didn't want to let them down and I I just wanted them always to have that one thing um which was which I could deliver on um so I've always done that but then after three months I had some work to do for Bridgedale Socks and I was trying to carve out the time to do these to script the films to film the films to get the films edited at the four month stage and that was the stage where Finley decided that he wasn't just going to sleep for three hours in the day anymore and he wasn't going to sleep at all and I had no idea about nap time so I was trying to keep this poor four-month-old baby awake all day so that he would sleep all night because that's what I thought you did for children because my experience of children has obviously been like babysitting toddlers and stuff like that and that's what I thought children were and then so my mum had to come so I had like at the end of like month four I was like completely sleep deprived was trying to do all this work trying to keep the channel going like um I was trying to find other people to take over the live broadcasts because Jen and um Marcus didn't want to do them beyond six months so I was I was trying to like do all these things and still deliver my two films a week and the competition and it was and plus make new films not even films mm-hmm. I'd done before and it was just too much and I was also breastfeeding and he you breastfeed exclusively for six months over here and uh and then I was also what was I doing I was doing the pottying as well so I'd made life really hard for myself <laughs> and I just couldn't do it anymore <laughs> so I had like a nervous breakdown I was like oh my god I'm gonna leave I'm gonna go away for the weekend I'm gonna go in a hotel I don't care if he cries all weekend I am done and my mum said I'm coming over for three days and we're gonna sleep train your baby and she taught me how Finley needs naps every two to three hours who knew no one tells you this no I didn't learn that in NCT did I so um I learned how to nap the baby have a good sleep routine for the baby um and then by about six months he did start to sleep through like when he didn't have a cold or something wrong with him so from six months he has been able to sleep through the night and so that's been really good um but yeah I was still going and then at month six I was like this is ridiculous I cannot keep doing these films I've got like these several projects with several brands it's really stressing me when I was stressed Finley was more stressed so I wouldn't have a good day then and he wouldn't sleep as much and then I was more stressed and it was just all going Mm -hmm. wrong so I just my mum was just like Claire, why don't you just be a normal person and take some actual time off? And I was like, but my followers, but my patrons, and they'll they'll feel like I've abandoned them. And they were they were like, no, they won't. Just like just try it and see. Um, 
So I took three months off and it was a painful decision to make because I felt like a bit like I was not failing, but just, I just don't like to let people down. Like if I've said, I'll do a thing, I'm the person that will do the thing. I'm, I'm not particularly flaky. And I really didn't like emailing those brands and saying, I'm really sorry, can we postpone this? Or do you want to cancel it if you can't postpone it? Um, and I was really sad because Bridgedale didn't want the further three films that I had outstanding for them. So that kind of hurt me a bit. Like it was a bit of a kick in the teeth because I kind of thought people would be a bit more understanding. But the other two brands, um, they were really fine. Like Nick Wax, they um, let me postpone. So I'm doing. I'm just editing that film now. And then um, another brand, Proviz, I've just made that film now about night running and they do reflective gear. Um, Nick Wax do waterproof. Um, washing stuff so I've done films about night running and waterproofing and it's much better now because Finney's a nursery so I can do it and I don't feel stressed about it because I've got these windows of time that I definitely know I will definitely be able to work whereas before I just didn't know when and how long he was going to sleep for and and what I just didn't know so I made the decision I told everyone and some people actually decided that was time to come on board and support me as a patron I think I got like five more patrons from doing that but I lost 20 in three months I lost 20 patrons so and also about three three or so people who were supporting me on a really high tier they dropped back down and some of that was because they had supported me through COVID and now COVID was kind of over now it's kind of coming back again um they were like oh my situation's changed or some of them got injured so they're just different changing circumstances so so I think I've lost like 200 and but between 250 and 300 pounds a month by doing that. So that's kind of gutting, but you know, you've got to take a hit at some point. You can't do everything and you can't expect everybody to be sympathetic to you taking three months off to have a child. But I kind of thought, oh, if they're just five pounds a month patrons, it's only 15 quid to just let me have a bit of time off. But most people did, which was really heartening. Um, so I'll, I've got about 130 patrons now and hopefully I'll get 20 more now that I'm back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, a very, yeah, I think powerful lesson in like following, it sounds like following your intuition and (coughs) realizing what you need. Um, and that the, even if the cost of it, um, both literally the cost and the, like you said, kind of just the the community cost, like even if that hurts, knowing I've got to do this hard thing because this other thing is is even harder, um, and like realizing you needed yeah. that, yeah, it was absolutely the right decision. I'm really glad that I did it, and I couldn't have done anything else. It was it was the right decision, but I don't know if you watched the the film, but I actually started crying. Yeah, no, I did. See I that. was like, oh, I don't want to be emotional, and I'm, I'm not doing this to like make people feel sorry for me or anything like that. I just it just all of a sudden overtook me that I was like, oh, I really don't like having to make this decision, but it is the right decision. Um, so yeah, I I haven't done that yet on my channel. I've always given and given. And given so it was hard to t- step back and even now I'm trying to just do one film a week which is not two films a week like I used to because I'm trying to just focus on it being a good film and promoting that good film on social media rather than just produce 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 and hope someone sees it without telling anyone about it so yeah, yeah I think less is sometimes more um so I think I'm going to stick at the one film a week thing um for 2022 as well um, but yeah, it's hard when you work for yourself because you don't get 
a break unless you say that you get a break. So I I love my job and I like working, so that's fine. Um, But yeah, that was, it was definitely a time to take a break. And my mum was really helpful in that, in kind of playing devil's advocate and saying, what's the worst that can happen, Claire? Like if you just you know, ask the question, can you postpone these films? And can I just take this three months off? Most people were really understanding, to be fair. And loads of people wrote me some really nice messages. So that was really, really nice. I mean, if I was following someone on YouTube, and they just wanted to take three months off, I'd be like, you do it, you just go, I'll pay 15 pounds for you to do that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah, most people are really nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sometimes the, the right decisions are, are really hard. It's not like just because it's the right decision, it was easy and clear. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are there other, um, I don't know if maybe in, when you were writing down ideas, other things that came up for you as mental strategies that you've used as a runner that have applied to parenting or that you've developed as a parent that you've then found yourself using in relation to running? I I don't know. Here, in what I've written down, I've said, can you give me some examples of what other people have said here? Because I don't know if I use any particular mental strategies just in running. I think I'm quite a determined person in my life. And if I want to do something, I will do it or I'll make sure it happens. And that applies to me in running and motherhood and any part of my life, like my work and everything. Um, so yeah, but maybe a running one, like, um, just keeping going. Um, I was going to say, oh, like not stopping and stuff, but I do stop now. Like sometimes when I'm running, I'm just like, this is just horrible. It's not working. I'm not as doggedly determined as I used to be. I cut myself much more slack than I used to. Um, and that happened before motherhood. So I think that, um, uh, I'm inclined to not cut myself slack, but because of running, I am even in motherhood able to cut myself a bit more slack. You know, like when he doesn't poo in the potty or when the night doesn't go to plan, um, it's not always such a, a, a big deal because I can kind of take it or leave it a little bit more nowadays. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Do you, what have other people said for that one? I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, let's see. Some other things people have talked about. Um, it's funny. So I'm actually, I'm uh, at an Airbnb right now. And usually at home, I'd have like all my notes from everyone's like right, right here. Um, but uh, from my memory, people have talked about things like practicing bravery in running, like what that looks like practicing bravery as a runner, um, like either in competition or in training. And then what does it look like practicing bravery in parenting? Um, people have talked about bravery in parenting. Yeah. Well, so that the person talked about that, she talked about, um, bravery as like trying new things when you're feeling insecure and, um, like, kind of the attitude that she would bring into the moments when she's doubting herself or when she's like, I don't know what I'm doing or, Oh, I messed that up. Um, that's how she felt like bravery came into her parenting. Mm, Nice. Yeah, that's good. I, I think I don't, yeah, I don't know if I have like bravery issues. If I want to do a thing, I usually just do it. Um, but I think cutting myself some slack is probably the thing 
that I need to learn from running because I cut myself some slack in running. Now I need to learn to cut myself some slack in motherhood and it doesn't have to be like 100%, not perfect, that's the wrong word, but it doesn't always have to be like everything going the way I planned it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's it, yeah. What yeah are, thank you for my example, that was helpful. <laughs> what are some um, things in motherhood right now where you think maybe you're not cutting yourself enough slack? Um, uh, possibly working, like, but no, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm lazy enough. <laughs> I slept, I had another sleep, I had another hour and a half sleep this morning when uh, Steve took Vinny. Um, yeah. Uh, probably, I probably maybe could put him in nursery one more afternoon or get him to be cared for one more afternoon. Um, but the trouble is I, I like him and I like being with him. I like taking him to classes and stuff and I don't want to miss out on that. So I think doing less work is good right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I th- maybe I, I was I was kind of, I wasn't beating myself up, but I was a little bit like, I don't know what I'm doing with this weaning business. Like I was mm. putting my boob in his mouth like all the time, you know, like trying just, oh, do you want some, do you want boob? Oh, like, do you want this? Do you want that? Like, I think I could be a bit, yeah, I've, I've started now. He's sort of naturally sort of not feeding in the afternoons now. So I've kind of been able to drop one feed quite naturally. I think, I think uh, maybe I try and rush things a little bit sometimes and I need to let things just kind of happen a bit more naturally and not kind of be too concerned about, about things like, oh my God, he's still going to be breastfeeding when he's two, even though he's only 10 months old. Um, yeah. But I suppose when you worry about things like that, then you look for strategies and you look for things that you might do um, to stop that happening. So maybe they were legitimate because then I decided to just not really offer him the boob in the afternoon to, to tie him when he's at nursery so that he's not kind of wanting boob whilst he's at nursery. So now yeah. I, I don't feed him in the afternoons and it's kind of been easier than I thought for him to not, he doesn't come clamoring for it or anything. So I, th- I think I've noticed recently that he's not as much boob orientated and more food orientated. So I don't think I needed to worry about that that much. And also we had a potty pause, like a couple of, I went uh, visiting some friends and he didn't want to use the potty and he actually pooed in his nappy, like probably about like twice a day. And that was really disturbing for me because I was like, oh no, Tam, like he's, been, I've done nine, nine and a half months of this potty training for him to just lose it all in two weeks. Mm-hmm. But I, d- I shouldn't have worried about that either because he does a poo on the potty. Now he's at home in his, you know, in the right place. Um, he, he still does it. So I haven't, it's not been wasted. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just need to chill out a bit more about all these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's 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 definitely a lot that you can get uh get kind of about <laughs> get deep into. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um let's see what I want to ask you next. Um yeah, I'm curious. This is uh this is actually a new question that I haven't yet asked in an interview and thought of recently. Um I feel like a lot of what I'm getting from people is like, oh, here's you know, this problem I had and then it's solved and it's, it's all done. 
and like now it's wrapped up in a bow. And I think mm-hmm. it would be helpful to have stories in the book of like people who are in the middle of something and they haven't yet gotten to the other end. Um, like it still sucks. It hasn't gotten better yet. Um, and I was oh, wondering if you can think of, um, <laughs> something in your life and this could be, um, it could be in parenting. It could be in running. It also could be in another part of your life, like your business. Um, because I think it's all related. Um, yeah. Is there something you can think of that's like a challenge you're in the middle of right now and it hasn't Definitely. yet gotten to the other end? <laughs> Great. <laughs> sleep. 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 Mm-hmm. Still haven't nailed the sleep. Even though last night he slept from half seven until half five in the morning, which is amazing. Uh, I am still struggling with the sleep because to to be okay waking up at half five, you've got to kind of go to sleep at about nine. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm really terrible at getting to sleep at nine. <laughs> I like to just have, you know, a little bit of evening with Steve without baby, you know, watch some telly, do some yoga, tidy some stuff. Put, I've just been clearing all the crap from our house and putting it all on eBay and Marketplace at the moment. <laughs> I it's just nice to know that the baby's not going to wake up and you know he's not at nursery so he's definitely not missing me he's literally just there (laughs) and oh it's just nice but and I end up going to sleep about half 10 on a good day 11 sometimes even midnight like if we want to do anything like we do choir on a Thursday night like then we go to the pub afterwards because it's really nice to socialize and I have a beer usually and I pay for that on Friday and Saturday. I pay for it. So if you want to do anything in the evening, like like last yesterday, my mother-in-law was over and she said, I'll stay once Finney's gone to bed and you could, you guys can go for a drink if you want. And we were like, oh, that's such a nice idea. We really should like go out and, <laughs> and spend some time with each other that's not in the house doing house things. And Steve's doing a load of DIY at the moment and I'm selling everything <laughs> that we don't need. And um, I was just like, I'm just really tired. I, I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to go to bed. And then I didn't end up going to sleep till like 10 anyway because I put a load of stuff on Marketplace. Um, so I've, I've sold lots of things. Um, but... Yeah, I just feel like it's a constant battle between like getting the house done, making sure there's not too much rubbish in the house and um, having some time to do some work and sleeping. (laughs) So I think sleep is the major thing for me. Like when he sleeps from seven till seven, then I think I'll be much better because he was he had a cold. So he's going through a phase for the last week. He was waking up at like half two or half three in the morning mm. and not going back to sleep for a whole hour or an hour and a half. Mm. And that was really hard because I'm rubbish at getting back to sleep. So I'd be up for like two to two and a half hours in, in the early hours and then having to get up again at half five when he got up. So I've been using Steve a bit more and just being like, oh, I got up in the night with him. Can you do his breakfast this morning? I'm like, he wants his breakfast with daddy. Yeah. <laughs> like that. So, so I think sleep for me is the current thing that we're still in. And and I've been told, I've, I've rung various health visitors and stuff and they're like, your baby's sleeping fine. He, 10 hours in the night at 10 months is good. Like he's been doing that since six months. So on and off. And that's good. So I think 
I'm just not very good at sleeping. Steve's not very good at sleeping. We're both not very good at sleeping. Like we find it hard to get to sleep. And then um, because I need the loo a lot more often now after I've had a baby, uh, I needed the loo. He slept through, but at half two, I woke up needing the loo. And then I was like watching him on the baby monitor going, oh, he usually wakes up around three. So yeah. it was half three before I got to sleep again because I just didn't trust that he would stay asleep. And I was like, oh, he's going to wake up any minute. So you're like kind of, uh um but he didn't wake up at all yeah it's, <laughs> it's half, half five and I woke up at five thinking oh he's gonna wake up at half five <laughs> so yeah that's the main thing right now and the hard thing is I don't I, I can't really do anything about it apart from go to bed earlier um so I just need to be better at that but it's just so tempting to like go through Instagram and go oh reply reply like keep working basically um I get a bit addicted to my phone like scrolling through various things like I'll go on my emails I'll go on my messages I'll be like I just want a bit of contact with someone <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm like replying to all my whatsapp messages and and I yeah I'm just you just want that little dopamine buzz of something in some Instagram message or a message from your friends or you know something that's outside your life as a mom (laughs) yep yeah and that's the struggle is because like you said like it's hard to get in your normal socializing because of all these challenges you just talked about and then like to make up for it that becomes uh kind of what's happening and then it's like all building on itself I've definitely yeah yeah yeah, because if you want to meet anyone or do anything, everybody else has a proper job. So they work nine till five thirty. And so they'll, you know, they want to meet at seven for dinner or something. And I'm like dead by then. And <laughs> Finley goes to bed at seven. So we eat at like half seven or sometimes with him at five. So we yeah, by half seven, I could go to bed if I wanted to. I probably wouldn't sleep if I did that now, but I used to go to bed at half seven sometimes. <laughs> Oh, um, I've been curious. You've talked, um, you know, about different like times when when you're with Finley or when Steve's with Finley. And I'm curious how um, you guys came to like, it sounds like you have certain days that, you know, that's your day or Steve's day. How did that, did you come up with that schedule right away and stick with it? Or did one of you get to a point where you're like, this isn't working for me. Let's make a schedule. You know, how did that happen? Yeah, it's kind of evolved because um, we're both really lucky in that we both work from home. Um, Steve since COVID and me just because I'm a freelancer anyway. Um, so Steve has a job uh, that he's part time at. So he does Monday to Wednesday uh, for Bow Media, which is a magazine company. So he works like for Country Walking Trail Magazine, Trail Running Magazine. So that's how we met like ages ago. Oh. And because um, I worked on Trail Running Magazine and Trail before that. And um, so uh now he's not office based so he's working monday to wednesday um so he was doing freelance work on a thursday friday um and he had like all these freelance projects that still weren't over when finley was born um and i just like it came to a head and i was just like you can't like these need to be over (laughs) because i cannot do the whole thing i know that i've given myself three months off and I know that I get a bit from the government, but it's, it's 30 quid a day. Um, so it's not it's not fair that I'm doing it all. Uh, I had to do it all at the beginning, obviously, because I was breastfeeding. Well, Steve helped like loads, like all the time. Like, um, And he would watch Finley. He would work at night and he would watch Finley from like when I went to bed. So like seven-ish. Like he had him 
until he would do like till midnight but if I was really tired he would watch Finley till like two or three in the morning and we he used to take a bottle as well in the olden days as well I used to express milk and Steve would feed him a bottle so we shared the nights really early on we got a pattern for the nights because Steve's a real night owl and I'm kind of not neither nor and I'm not a real early bird I'm not a real night owl kind of like a normal what call a normal person <laughs> and Steve's like a real night owl like he doesn't like to go to bed till midnight or like even one in the morning sometimes but just like ah no I want to go to bed yeah. at 10 or 11 and um so he naturally did that side of Finley when he was really young and I naturally did the early side even though I'm, I'm not a massive fan of going up at half five I'd rather do that than stay up late and so that was good and we definitely like I don't want to I don't want to upset Steve here but we have had more arguments than we've ever had in our life having had a baby um and I think partly that is because we are trying to do 50 50 to you know to so that I can have my career and he can have his career um but also he doesn't want to do I'm the dad I'm going to work because he wants to see Finley and he loves hanging around with Finley and he loves playing with him he he never thought he'd have kids and so he's just delighted to 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 have Finley and he just never realized yeah he just thought that he might that it had passed him by because he's a bit older than me so he's just so thrilled and it's lovely to see them together because Finley looks like a little Steve so it's really cute and um but yeah I did have to like he probably won't see it from this way, but I had to very assertively put my foot down and say, don't take on any more freelance work on a Thursday, Friday, because those need to be your days. Like you need to take full responsibility for Finley on those days because, you know, you need to bring him to me to feed him. Like I don't need to, I don't want to be coming down going, oh, he needs a feed now. He wants a nap now. You need to be me on those days apart from boob. Um, I mean, yeah. I decided not to express anymore because it was taking ages and it was faff cleaning everything all the time. So <laughs> I just decided I couldn't be bothered anymore at about six months um, when he was wean- weaning, basically. And um, yeah, so that it has been a, a bit of a touch point between us because, like, sometimes because the main reason that we're doing this is because we pay the bills 50 50. So mm-hmm. in my mind, if I'm paying half the bills, why should I sacrifice? my career to always be the the parent all the time so that's what's given us the impetus to make it as fair as possible so I do Monday Tuesday Wednesday because Steve can't because he's at work and he does Thursday Friday and then Saturday but because Saturday's a weekend I try not to work on the weekend anyway so it kind of ends up being both of us on Saturday and it's definitely both of us on the Sunday I'm supposed to have a day on Saturday, which is my day, where we do what I want to do. And Steve's supposed to have a day on Sunday where we do what he wants to do. But I often um, commandeer that day as well. Like, um, (laughs) I like to do loads of stuff and Steve likes to not do loads of stuff. So we're like completely different people. So it's hard for us to balance each other's needs. Um, I think as a 50-50, trying to do 50-50 couple, you do have to talk to each other a lot more. And you have to also see each other a bit more like as in like I could see he's really tired so this morning I let him sleep till seven like it's daddy day but I didn't be like oh I'll feed him at half five and then wake Steve up immediately I let him have you know another hour and a half in bed because I know we've got choir tonight and I know that I could have I could go back to bed at eight so I let him wake up naturally and he came down at eight and then I went back to bed then because I just ate into my working day a little bit 
and yeah I just yeah. I just let him because he you know we give each other a little bit like you know on a Monday to Wednesday because he's flexible and working from home it's not like he's on calls all the time he's an artist so he's drawing stuff and he's um so he comes and helps me you know he puts Finley in the pram for me or he dresses him or he puts his nappy on like if I'm running late and I just be like oh can you hold him for a sec while I get all my stuff and then you know he ends up spending half an hour with Finley when he should be working but he'd just make it up later and when he works till like midnight <laughs> so yeah we we try we tag team a lot and it's a lot better now like we've been through patches where we've not seen eye to eye and there's been a lot of rowing and oh there was some like long rows in the middle of the night and just oh very stressful times when the baby's just not sleeping we're both sleep deprived and we're trying yeah. to do up the house as well and we're trying to earn enough money and we're we're fine we're comfortably off but because we you know work hard and keep the foot on the gas um but yeah and uh, we've got we've taken on quite a big project in this house and we're nearly there but not quite and so it's just hard getting it all done with a baby and um and yeah I've forgotten where I was going with that one but basically that's that's why we that's why we we try to do kind of 50 50 and as Finley gets older and needs less and less boob it will be easier for other people to help more right yeah and when he's actually trained as well it'll be much easier um yeah 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 um well I'm curious if has there been anything that um you had written down beforehand that we haven't talked about yet um uh yeah I did I did write a couple of things down um I didn't know whether you talked about pelvic floor with with anyone um so peeing myself when when I was running was a big thing for me um I didn't before oh are you still there yes oh yes, yes you are you just I thought you'd frozen but you were just being really still um, <laughs> <laughs> I I before when I was pregnant I was needed the loop all the time um like every 45 minutes even at one point we were stuck in a queue on a motorway and I had to go in the footwell in Steve's coffee cup which he wasn't best pleased about even though it was his idea apparently it was a joke um, but I was like oh great idea <laughs> Off it went. Down it went. um so then after I gave birth I was just like in the first four months I was just like pee myself whenever I ran so I think talking about pelvic floor and running was that was the biggest issue for me in getting back to running it wasn't like in the early days it wasn't even my energy levels because I was still quite fit because I walked a lot in pregnancy and still ran a lot even though it really hurt and I needed loo all the time I was just being bloody minded about it so yeah pelvic floor was a big thing um and doing the all the exercises to make it strong again and it's a lot better now um running buggies that's also a good thing to talk about I'm doing uh, because I'm a journalist I refuse to pay 500 quid for a running buggy so I am testing six of them I've got three currently at my house and three at my colleague's house (laughs) and we are testing them we're meeting the Peak District on Thursday to film that um so that's really useful you know like if it's not the same running with a running buggy it's really hard like all you can do is jog really (laughs) Um, but it just helps you like if you want if you want to get out and you haven't got Steve like I could put Finney down for a nap and Steve would be in the house so I could go for a run if I wanted to if I knew Finley was going to be napping for like an hour and 30 minutes and that wouldn't even disturb Steve but other people don't have that luxury they have men who are like actually doing stuff or in different places so the running buggy is a great place to nap the baby or 
or not if your baby doesn't mind being strapped down while it's awake ours hates it um he I only put him in the running buggy like for a nap um or either like I get 30 minutes grace either side of a nap probably and so that's really useful um but the only thing with that is that then you can't sleep during that time or do anything else during that time so yeah <laughs> it's you have to be energetic prior to doing that so I haven't done it as much as I thought I would so running buggies is a is a good thing and then the other thing I just really wanted to mention was that although there's certain people that inspire me on Instagram um, that I follow, like like particularly like Sophie Power, um, who did the UTMB um, three yeah. months I think it was after giving birth to her third child, um, that's super inspiring. That's great, like breastfeeding on finish lines, yada yada yada, amazing. Well done to you. But not everyone can do the UTMB three months after your third kid. Like, there's no way I'd be running, like, even 100 metres, let alone 100 miles, <laughs> three months after having my first child. Um, and I just think sometimes everyone's like, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. That's so inspirational. But to me, that's not that inspirational because it just makes me feel like rubbish because I can't do that. I can't do the UTMB anyway. I don't want to. But it just seems unobtainable and I just want people to know that it's not necessary it's not required and just if you just can get out of bed make yourself a cup of tea and put your clothes on not back to front then you're doing really really well some days um and I think also you have to have a really really supportive partner in order to do these things and I I don't I like I don't think that Steve's as keen as me to facilitate me going off and doing all these races type things. He he puts the baby first, he puts Finley first. So that can hold you back as well as a mum. It can feel make you feel guilty. Like if if Steve was more into the whole like running and outdoorsy thing like I know some people's partner, you know like Jasmine Paris and her partner like he is just equally as into the running thing as she is. Yeah. So he's like oh of course we must facilitate jasmine paris doing this 268 mile run across the pennines of course the spine race yes do yeah. it. <laughs> don't think steve's really on board with that quite so much and it can make you feel a bit guilty because other people aren't as don't think the baby can be as flexible as you think the baby can be um and i think if if he was game like i'd do the six dayer lakes mirrors and waters things in the lake district this summer with him supporting like in some kind of van and Finley coming along as well but it's not his thing he likes to have a shower he likes to have a proper toilet he doesn't like to be like like sweaty at the end of the day and go to sleep in a sleeping bag in a van um he just doesn't like that so I think you've got to have all your stars aligning in order to do all these amazing things once you've had children um and it can be a real struggle for some people and I just think that you just doing park run <laughs> is, is a good achievement in itself <laughs> or just doing a you know just doing the night race for me like Steve wasn't too happy because I didn't realize the night race started at like half five so I'm definitely going to be away for bedtime and he was like worried about that and like fair play to him because Finley always gets boo at bedtime so it's a changed his routine and you know Steve didn't want Finley to to feel upset and he didn't want an uncontrollably sad baby on his hands so yeah as the mum you sort of like there's a lot of responsibility that you can take on um and if you don't have an understanding partner it could be really difficult like thankfully I do but I think Steve 
doesn't necessarily, he, yeah, I, I, if, if like, if I was Jasmine and Conrad, I can see how things, you can get things done. And like, yeah, like there's other people, like there's Katie Cars Saberstein, who's really, really lovely. I've interviewed her before, but she was back like racing some kind of, I don't know, 30 mile race, probably four months or five months after she gave birth. And I'm, she was better than me before that. So I shouldn't compare myself, but I think I'm a little bit jealous sometimes. I think the person who says it the most real for me is Anna McNuff. Um, she had a baby one month before me. Um, I've run with her before. I've met her before. She's really, really lovely. And she often posts on Instagram just about how hard it is and about how she thought that having a baby, she'd just pop it in a rucksack and climb a mountain, or she'd just pop it in the running buggy and off she'd go for a run. And she didn't realize that the baby had wants and needs that didn't quite tie <laughs> with that and you can't just leave them in the buggy for ages you have to let them she wants to run about she wants to do her thing so I think that's really useful I think following her is a lot better than following some of the other ones that are just like yeah mums can do anything they like you kind you kind of can't do anything you like anymore you, you just can't <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um and, and yeah until they're about five <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, that's, I think a really helpful thing to remember. Um, because yeah, people who are, you know, doing amazing physical feats, um, like, yeah, it's really cool and inspiring, but it's kind of like comparing yourself to an Olympian. Um, or it's like, oh, that's inspiring. But like, I don't, I don't expect myself to just go win the 800 meters at the Olympics, but somehow then we'll find ourselves comparing to like that woman who did, come back right after birth, you know, I, I didn't walk for like two weeks after birth. Um, and like, you know, it's like, why, you know, we find ourselves getting compared to something that's, it's like you said, it's, it could be inspiring, but instead it just drags you down. Yeah. And it makes you feel like, oh, why is my body not doing this? Why, why can't, why can't I do that? How do they have the energy? Like, how come they're not tired? And what's making me really jealous right now is anybody who says their babies are sleeping through the night. Like I had some PR Mm -hmm. say to me, oh, my twins slept through from nine weeks. And I was like, really? (laughs) And my mother-in-law just yesterday, she was like, oh yeah, Steve and Jeanette slept through from since they were six months old. And I was like, what by sleeping through did you mean like from seven till five thirty in the morning she was like no no till six 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 thirty and I was like I hate you yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm just so so jealous right now of anyone's baby that doesn't wake up for a night feed and if anyone like says to me oh yeah my baby still wakes up three times in the night and it's a year old I'm like thank you <laughs> but again but actually no because I don't want that to happen so yeah I think it's it's yeah it is hard like you shouldn't compare yourself and I I try not to I'm I'm pretty you know I'm pretty okay at that kind of thing but still on and I'm quite a confident person I'm quite a like a sorted person and I'm quite like a not brave but like I'm quite like stuff doesn't frighten me like like a lot of people like I'll just go and do it if I want to do it but still even with all that like armor around me I still get the the Instagram thing so if I'm like that and I can't imagine what some other people who are more influenced are like because it must be horrible even even having this much of it I don't like (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um awesome yeah um yeah let's see is there anything else um before we uh before we wrap up anything else that you 
want to talk about? Um, I think that's, there was a question you had, which is what surprised you the most about motherhood. And that's the only thing that I feel like I haven't touched on. Um, and I think the, I'm surprised by the fact that Finley likes me so much, like (laughs) with all my trying to get away from him to do runs and, you know, swinging him around in running boogies and stuff. I really don't think I was prepared for how lovely it is for him to, you know, smile and just laugh at me like he's like oh mommy's the funniest thing in the world and he's so cute and yeah when he's smiling it's just wonderful like time stops and it's just really nice um so I wasn't really prepared for like I was prepared for me to like him but I wasn't necessarily even thinking that he would like me back and how that would feel so that's been really flattering and really like uh, really emotionally like lovely I just didn't didn't realize that that was what happened because I don't think it's you know you don't have to like your parents they have to earn that in the same way that anyone does so I think that's really nice we'll see when he's a teenager he'll he'll hate me then yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's really cute like yeah and oh, the other thing is like having another child and running like I'd really love to run the UTMB in six days but when am I going to do that if I want to have another kid now? Like, we want two. Well, mm-hmm. I do. Steve's a bit like, oh, do we have to? <laughs> I'm, I'm really keen to give him a sibling. So, like, you know, it's then, like, when do we start trying again? And then I, I have to think about how it's disrupted me this time, both work and running. And then I at least I know what I'll go through potentially again. But that's hard as well because it just means my love which is doing these you know week-long events like that I make for myself that's even pushes it even more on the horizon um but you know if you want two children that's what you've got to do as as the woman like that's what your body's got to do so you know we're lucky I'm lucky to be able to have children like the first baby was we had a miscarriage at 12 weeks and that was really and really awful and not annoying because it was the first one and we thought oh no is this the way it's going to go and then we were you know more panicked whilst the pre- I couldn't really enjoy the pregnancy because I was keep kept thinking oh my god I'm going to lose the baby and also yeah. I have a friend who lost uh, who had a stillborn baby at eight months so it was always like it can happen to you kind of thing rather than do everything's fine of course we'll push out this baby so there was always the worry so there's there's that again um um yeah so yeah, we're really lucky to be able to have the baby and for him to be healthy. Um, Yeah. So that's the main thing, I think, is that you always have to remember that even at three o'clock in the morning, that you're really lucky. (laughs) You're really lucky that you've got a healthy baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, it really is true. I, um, yeah, actually have knew someone who also had a stillbirth. Um, I think hers was seven or eight months. And yeah, I just, I thought about her. I think about it probably every day, any moment that, yeah, it's hard with, with my daughter Ada of like, I'm so grateful for having a healthy baby. Um, and it, it does really, really change the way you see things. Mm, Yeah. And I uh, bought the big issue from a lady in the street. It's a, around here, it's a um, thing that homeless people can sell um I bought the big issue from her and then she started showing me loads of pictures of her daughter and her 
daughter's 10 month old baby had a heart condition and it died and the first thing she showed me was a picture of it in its coffin and there's me with my 10 month old baby like oh my god yeah so she told me the whole story and I was like thanks I'm trying not to cry now but uh, poor you and I just there's no words is there like yeah telling me it had a heart problem and she was scrolling back through all these like pictures and videos of this baby with stuff all in its nose and stuff and I was just like oh my god just like what what is postponing your dream run for five years if you get two healthy babies that by the end of it it's really it's really nothing in comparison so so yeah I definitely have to think about that a lot as well (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah 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 um so yeah, sorry to end on a downer, but yeah, we're all yeah. really lucky to have kids. Yeah. We are, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I want to be mindful of your time. Um, this was so generous of you to, to, I know time is really precious, so I really appreciate yeah. you spending this time with me. Um, yeah, and you've got given me lots of great things to think about. So thank you so much. Oh, cool. When's your book coming out and what's it called and how can I get hold of it? Oh, thanks. Yeah. So I don't have uh, like a date um, or, or a title yet, actually. Um, it's, it's funny actually hearing you, I've been waiting for like a phrase to come up in an interview that like for the title. And the thing that I feel like I hear people say the most, and you said it too, was about like, I'm a better mom when I've gone on a run. And so I've, I've been thinking about like, oh, how can I, great you know, how can I like condense that into like something even shorter for a title? Um, but yeah, so right now I'm in the phase of, um, doing interviews to, to make the book proposal. Um, and then I'm hoping to planning on, um, going through the publishing process, you know, hoping to, to do that. But if, if I can, I'll do hybrid or self publishing or, or, you know, whatever it takes. Um, and yeah. So, and well, you, you know, uh, better than anyone. I know how I've been told how long it takes. So I know it'll be, you know, probably 2023 or beyond, um, that the book is actually like in the world. Um, but I'll definitely keep you updated with the process. Definitely. I def- definitely want to buy it. Um, I've just written it down. It's like, you could call it, I'm a better mom after a run. That's quite catchy. Yeah. Short. And it rhymes sort of. So Yeah. But why did you decide to write the book? Um, is it some, something that you've just decided on after having children or have you always been interested in this um, kind of thing? There are a couple of things. I have definitely, I've always loved, loved, loved reading and books, um, but didn't necessarily like think I would actually write a book. And then during birth, um, I was, or during pregnancy, I was uh, doing a lot of hypnobirthing. Have you heard of that? Mm. Um, yeah. It's like, like the meditations for preparing you for labor. And so I just kept thinking as I was listening to them, you know, this is sports psychology just applied to parenting or applied to giving birth. Um, And I have a friend who's a professional runner. And so I was talking to her about like her mental preparation for big races and it was all like the same thing. And I just kept thinking, oh, I'd love to read a book about um, pro runners I admire and them going through birth. And then, and then after giving birth, you know, just thought about like, expanding it beyond just that one moment of, of delivering your baby. Um, and then I also, I did a ton of reading during pregnancy cause I, cause I love to read. Um, that was about like parenting and the, the shifts as a mother. Um, 
And I kind of found it depressing. <laughs> um, it is because, depressing. There's, there's no good things really about it. <laughs> yeah, it was all about like the identity crisis and how it's going to be so hard and like no one's going to help you. And um, and I kind of felt like, you know what? I think these books would be better off read by men who need to know how hard it is <laughs> and like they can do something about it. But I think women, at least myself, I wanted to read something that would be a little more uplifting um, and not in like a fake silver lining, everything's rosy way, but just like balancing the challenges with like your capabilities um, and like bringing humor to it. And um, so I want to create something that's kind of has more of that, um, like doesn't ignore the challenges, but is overall more like, yes, these things are hard, but also you already have all these tools and skills and traits within you where like you can, make this, you know, as enjoyable as, as you want it to be. Um, like it doesn't have to be all gloom and doom. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I really love that idea. Um, if you want, um, you know, like how, when you've written a book, you need like a ton of people to read it, to proofread it, then just let me know. I'd be happy to help out with that. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate that. I will. Yeah, I had, like, I had as many people as possible read my book, um, before it went out just cause I was paranoid that there'd be some kind of error. Um, yep. <laughs> I don't feel like I've covered your, um, the, 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 like the running and the birth thing. Like, um, f- for me, like, you know, the end bit where you finally push them out. I felt yep. like cause Steve was there and two midwives were down the other end. And I, they were all going, come on, Claire, come on, Claire, come on, Claire, like that. And I felt like I was winning my own race, like an ultra, and yeah. I was winning it. I, that was a, a really good part, even though it hurt, but it hurt in a different way to the rest of labor. Um, but the first part of labor, when, you know, you're getting all the contractions, I don't think any running could have prepared me for what, what I went through in that. Like, I, I've done ultras where I've been in a lot of pain. I've done the Bob Graham. I've done the Cape Worth Ultra as far as I could go, the Coastal Challenge as far as I could do. And n- that pain is nothing in comparison <laughs> to labor. Like, that's the worst pain I've ever been in in my life. And I thought that I was like, you know, I thought I was kind of quite good when it came to pain. I thought that I was, you know, quite hardcore, but oh, it was all encompassing. I, I actually said, I think I'm going to die a fair few times. And yeah. uh, like, I, like, I was like, I'm going to die. I don't think I can do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. So anything from my running was just out of the window. Nothing, nothing helped. <laughs> um, yeah. That's not very positive and uplifting for your book, but. No, I but I think it's, I think like it, it is. At all. <laughs> but I didn't do any hypnobirthing. So I, Maybe I should have done some of that, but uh, that wouldn't have cut it either. I don't think it was just so overwhelmingly painful and relentless and painful. It was just horrendous. And only drugs made it better. I had an epidural and then I was, and I had gas in it. And second half of labor, I felt like I was down the pub. It was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think it's true. My advice. (laughs) I think it's true about the, like, yeah, I had been, uh, I had like written down some kind of like inspirational things for myself during birth. And one of them was about this race I did. And after birth, I was like, I can't believe I wrote about this stupid race where I was hardly even trying. (laughs) Um, but I think what a lot of people do is then, you know, now in running when they're in a, in a workout or in races, um, I haven't done any, any races yet, but people talk about like thinking to themselves, like, 
okay, I know when this will end. Whereas like, I didn't know when birth would end. Um, and so like they, they kind of use it in reverse to change their pain tolerance. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I just think they're completely different from what I've experienced. They're completely different. The, the goals can like, you have to go through the labor, don't you? Like you have to, whereas running, you can stop. You, you can, can end stop. it. Yeah. <laughs> just like no comparison for me, like running, maybe it helped that I was a runner, but actually I don't know if it did. Cause I was so kind of like tight down there everything, like it took ages uh, for me to open wide. Like I was three centimeters dilated for, for the whole of Monday. Like, mm. Yeah. And it was so painful. And they kept, they tested me three times, like every four hours they test you. And it was the same. And it was like running an ultra, but on a treadmill, like never getting anywhere and running your hardest and not getting anywhere. It was, it was incomparable to running that part of labor, but the pushing him out when you're actually doing something at the end and being cheered on. Yes. That was definitely like running. That was like winning my own race. And that was amazing. And yeah, I really liked that bit looking back. It was painful in a different way more in a kind of acute, sharp pain rather than that weird, like, I don't know if you had the same thing, like that all-encompassing, really like a million times bad period pain that was the contractions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, was, <laughs> yeah, birth is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I'd, I was definitely not one of those, like, mothers that could have just done it with no painkiller like the lady over the road she had three children at home she's like 85 and she was like oh you just got on with it and I was like I think I would have been dead personally (laughs) (laughs) three days and load of drugs yeah yeah but yeah but yeah but I hope that's something helpful for your book I'm sorry that it's not more positive like I I feel like it's a lot easier to run if you don't have children definitely but I think it will get easier as they get older and it'll be nice to inspire them as you get older. You know, like a little five-year-old cheering you on. That's dead cute, isn't it? Yeah. And you see people coming over finish lines with like little kids. That's really cute. Yeah. It is. So for, for, it's only a few years. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I don't want the whole book to be just positive because I don't think that's realistic. I think, um, and I think what kind of has been coming across is um, something that I have felt and that I'm like seeing other people kind of seem to process is that like, Yes, your your running might not be getting faster for a period of time, um, or maybe you don't ever get faster. But like that's okay. I think earlier mm. in my running career, I used to think like, well, running just wouldn't be fun anymore if I wasn't getting faster. Um, mm. And through for me, I was I was injured for a very long time. I wasn't able to run for like three or four years, um, mm. and that helped me see, like, change my perspective on. Like I didn't need to get faster. And I think a lot of people like that comes through like the, the stop that you have to make through pregnancy and birth and, and the early years of childhood. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. I think it'll be a really cool book. I can't wait to see it. And if you need any help whatsoever in like pushing it forwards to people, like any more things, another chat or anything, then just let me know. Thanks for listening to mind over miles. You can learn more about my running and mindset coaching, the book, and everything else at mindovermilespod.com.